Greetings, Anonymous Andrew podcast, Life and the Choices We Make. So, if you are a follower of mine or if you're just tuning in for the first time, I have hit a fork in the road. This podcast was spawned over a year ago because of a relationship that I was in that was one of gaslighting and deception and cheating and secret lives and all that sort of stuff. And so the the podcast proceeded for a hundred and something episodes all about learning about gaslighting, deception, cheating, self-love, self-respect, all that stuff. It has been brought to my attention recently, the Twin Flames universe. Uh, Several people came to me who are listeners of the show and they wanted to know if I would be interested in doing some episodes about the Twin Flames universe. And frankly, I did not look at the documentary at that point. I, uh, they had told me about a documentary on Netflix and Amazon and I watched it and I was blown away. Just disgusting. Okay, so yeah, I said yes. Let me do um, what I call a pod series, an investigation into the Twin Flames. And I was directed to two Facebook groups who are or, or were formed to help those who escape Twin Flames. Actually, the names of the groups are Escaping Twin Flames, and Twin Flames Discussion Group. And it's really for ex-members of the Twin Flames, uh, family members who have adult children that are still in there, uh, and anybody else who is has a vested interest in, in bringing this cult down. Uh, what's interesting is... The Twin Flames universe has now, well, first of all, after the documentary, they put out a rebuttal on YouTube, uh, actually taking pot shots at uh, the woman who did the Amazon documentary. I think her name is Alice Hines, and she's a journalist for Vanity Fair. Um. They rebutted the documentary, and from what I understand, they then shut down their public relations department. They decided to do no more interviews. Yesterday, so let me just bring you up to date. So this episode will be episode number six in my series of investigating the Twin Flames universe. I have had on several people who explain to us what the Twin Flames concept is all about. I have two people that have come on who, uh, one knew Megan Plant before she, uh, when she was in high school, before she met Jeff, and another woman uh, actually rented uh, part of her house out to Jeff and Shalia in 2016, and... They were not the Twin Flames universe at that point, but they were doing their YouTube videos, getting ready, I think, to launch the Twin Flames, although I don't think they knew at the time what they were doing or where they were headed. 
it would it, it, you got to go back and listen to that episode but yesterday i was um or two days ago, I was at work and I looked down on my phone because I got a notification from TikTok. And yes, I have a TikTok account with anonymous Andrew on there. And TikTok is notifying me that the Twin Flames Universe account, the main account, is now following me. Now, folks, I am just a small independent podcaster who jumped on here over a year ago to boo-hoo about my ex-girlfriend and I find it extremely interesting that they are now following me so somewhere I got under their skin they obviously I am not the only one talking about the twin flames universe it is all over the internet just type in twin flames discussion and you will find forums on reddit youtube other podcasts facebook etc and so the discussion is everywhere twin flames obviously is They, well, let me put it this way. They took a hit after the documentary uh, in sales. Their sales went down. But now they're they're going back up again. And I just checked in with Facebook today. The two accounts that I belong to. The two groups. And there is a... At least one, if not a plethora of Twin Flames members who are hanging out in this group. And finally, one of them spoke up today. And she asked the group, why are you bullying us? She actually asked the group, what is your purpose of this group? Why are you coming after us? If She actually said that she is on her own free will joined uh, she has joined twin flame she's free to leave free to come free to go um it, it was quite interesting that she was defending tfu um as if almost like she didn't watch the documentary so to me this if, if you go if you for those who are listening from that group you probably know about the discussion i'm talking about but this woman clearly didn't watch the documentary. Even if she did, she, she doesn't understand the level of insanity and, or the, the psychosis of Jeff and Shalia. Uh, they, they really are truly brainwashed and don't understand what's happening right in front of their faces. And, and, and I find that disturbing. Uh, anyway, as usual, I'm rambling. On today's episode, we have a gentleman named Franklin. Of course, that's not his real name. He's anonymous. But he came forward to talk about the fact that he was in a cult as a child. His parents were in a cult, and he was born into the family. 
and was raised in this cult. And he wants to talk about his experience in belonging to another cult. He'll explain to you the name of the cult, how it originated, and if they're still around today. Uh, finally, he got out of the cult, uh, and it's just more insight into what's going on with cults in the world. Thankfully, the cult that he belonged to was not over the top and uh, like some of the other cults, that, like, like Heaven's Gate and Johannesburg and Waco. Uh, but they're, they're estimated to be, uh, uh, I forget the number, 10,000 cults in America. Uh, it, it's always comes down to to the degree of which the cult is manipulating its members. Anyway, as usual, I'm rambling. Up next, my interview with Franklin, and he'll explain to you all about his cult and how he got out. And I hope you enjoy the interview, and we'll talk on the other side. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of Anonymous Andrew Podcast, Life and the Choices We Make. And today we have episode number six in my investigation into the Twin Flames universe. And with me, I would like to welcome Franklin with me, who is here to talk about his experience growing up in a cult and how it's impacted his life today with the discovery of the Twin Flames universe. So welcome, Franklin. Thank you. So Franklin came forward. Um, I won't say where I met him, just because that, by the way, Franklin is not his real name, and he is uh, being anonymous. So Franklin, tell us, you reached out and wanted to talk about this cult that you grew up in. I am dying to hear this. I would love to hear this. Okay. All so yours. The cult that I grew up in, it's called the I Am Activity. That's the words I am. Um, it's called that because in the Bible, in the English translation, in the Old Testament, um, God's name is given as I Am in a certain chapter and verse. And the cult put forth the idea that, you know, I Am is this extremely powerful phrase and a phrase connected with God. Um, This cult is largely dried up around the world because, well, a few reasons. Number one, they, I guess foolishly, never asked anyone to contribute money to to be part of the organization. Um, So unlike, you know, the Mormon church or something like that, they have no system of income for their members Um, and also once the internet came along it became pretty easy to to go on there and find all kinds of evidence to the contrary for the validity of this thing Um, so they've dwindled from their early numbers in the hundred thousands which was during the end of the Great Depression down to, I would guess, less than 100,000 worldwide. Um, when I say 100,000, I mean just in America during the late Great Depression. But yeah, now they're really dwindling. They're mostly just kind of piddling things out in online forms. 
Well, let me let me ask you a question there. When you said the Great Recent Depression, we're talking 1933 or? Uh, yeah, I mean the Great Depression um, of, the 1930, big... of the 1930s. Okay, so they've been around that long. Right. Is that what? When did they start? Was it around? That's when they started. It was. It was during the thirties. Okay. And at what? So, I, I don't know how how old you are, but um, and you could tell us if you want. You when you say you were, were your parents involved with them, and that's how you got involved, or? Yeah, that's right. My parents uh, got involved in it when I was in elementary school. I believe probably fifth grade. Um, prior to that, they had been involved in a cult called Morningland, um, like Morning AM, Morningland, all one word, which I think is still existing in some form. That's, that's quite an extreme cult, the type that, like Twin Flames Universe, will tell you to, you know, sever contact with your psychiatrist, psychologist, um, and your friends and family if necessary. If, if those people are interfering with your involvement in the religion. Um, so that was Morningland, and I was too young, really, to remember much about that one. But then they went into this I Am activity, and it was pretty mild, as cults go. Um, you know, there wasn't really psychological manipulation or the, the demands for money. Um... It was a cult to the extent in which it had a lot of strict rules, such as um, no drinking, no drugs, no marriage except for uh, no sex except for procreation, um, no music essentially except the music that they made. Um, Where were they based initially? Initially, they were based near Chicago, a suburb of Chicago called Schaumburg, and. Essentially, their headquarters, it, well, their headquarters still exists in uh, Illinois. I think it's in Schaumburg. Um, but the main center of the place was Mount Shasta, which is in Northern California, because every year during the summer, during um, July and August, a big group of them will gather there for um, what they call the Conclave, which is basically um, y'all hang out together all day and then at night you go to church for three hours and say all these prayers out loud. Um, and then during that period, they also practice for a play on the life of Jesus, which is well known in the Mount Shasta, California area. And the play is still going on. Um, that property is quite amazing, actually. Um, it's called Shasta Springs. And there is an actual mineral springs there. And prior to its acquisition by this cult, it was a really well-known resort um, during the 1930s. And um, presidents would go there for vacation at times and things like this. And the property today remains amazing and, you know, worth billions. Um, at some point, they're probably going to lose that. Um, about five years ago, I learned that they can only afford to operate it for half of the year now. They just close everything down for six months and open it back up during the summer and during these conclaves. 
So um, they never ask for money. I mean, even the Catholic Church, which they pass a basket on Sunday. <laughs> they they had what was called love gifts, but the love gift they didn't even pass it around. They just had a box, you know, a big um, carved wooden heart was in my um, my temple location, and I saw that in a couple others. You either put money in there or you didn't. Um, but so, the the place where I grew up, I lived on the property of the church in Long Beach, California, in the late 80s to early 90s. And that property contained a very a large temple with a gold leaf dome um, and an apartment building with about 20 units, maybe 15 units, uh, and three standalone homes. And last I checked, the only thing that the church still owns is the temple. They sold all the other, all the housing. Um, just couldn't afford to maintain it. Who, who is the, who started this organization cult in the 30s? Yeah, so it was, it was just a couple. Um, this is another thing that interests me about Twin Flames Universe. It was just a couple. Um, their names were Edna and... Um, Guy, G-U-Y, uh, Ballard, B-A-L-L-A-R-D. And the church refers to them as Beloved Mama and Beloved Daddy. They hatched this thing um, from a movement that, that already existed called Theosophy. Theosophy is pretty well known, um... Its founder is called Madame Blavatsky, and it's a whole family of teachings about these beings that are known as ascended masters. Um, that could be people including Jesus or, or anyone who basically um, lived life to a certain holy standard and then ascended into heaven and kind of has, you know street cred up there. <laughs> um, no. But they just they just picked and chose gods from anywhere. Um, you know, they have a lot of Eastern religion gods and goddesses in there. Um, they have the main figure, Saint Germain, who was an actual count who lived in France um, and was like a mysterious dude. He was associated with the alchemists and a kind, kind of like occult, O-C-C-U-L-T, occult religions occult. And, and sciences, yeah. Um, he's known for supposedly, you know, being like 800 years old before he died. Um, <laughs> and and um, he's also involved in discussions of reincarnation, like he was also this person, he was also that person. Um, the I am activity claims that he was also, uh, Shakespeare. Oh, um, I can't remember who else I've, I've tried they, with the, all this reincarnation. I've, I've tried to catch them red handed with like accidentally picking two people whose lifespans overlapped, but I never found anything that, that outlandish. Um, but yeah, so they say that like their founders used to be, um, in former life, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, you know, wow. um, any, any heroic American figure. Um, 
So that kind of interested me too with Jeff in Twin Flames Universe saying, you know, that he's some incarnation of Jesus or Jesus. something. Jesus, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess I'll give him that with the horrible beard look and the long hair. But other than that, I don't see any resemblance. But um, but let me ask you a question. And, yeah. and, and because, yes, I he put out a couple mm-hmm. of YouTube videos or many when he did grow the full beard. And look at me. I got the yeah. long hair. I got the, I have a goatee. I right. do not have a full beard. <laughs> but with a little bit of filtering with AI today, I could make myself look like Jesus, too. So right. just just the fact that he puts out an image. As a matter of fact, I think he, he did this one day. <clears throat> you know, I'm turning my head with my fingers on my chin where he, he, he tried to do the profile, and then they put a picture of Jesus next yeah. to him. So it, it, part of his psychological manipulation, like, I look at me, I look like Jesus, so therefore I am Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So you, your parents, when, when you were born, they were already in part... By the way, do you have any siblings? No. Okay, so you're only child. Uh, I, I, I'm going to... Take a wild guess that you were born around 1960, 70? Uh, 76. Okay. So, I just look old right now. Uh, no, you, I'm, you're younger than me, so that's why I, I, I'm, I was born in 60, <laughs> so I figured I'd add 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you look younger. Uh, so you're born, and you were literally raised in this church, in this... I stayed in it till I was around... 20. Um, as it happens, um, I, I attribute my father's death in some ways to this cult because they were very anti-medicine and, uh, you know, oh. they had all the usual, um, uh, natural medicines and all that kind of stuff going on. But they basically said, you know, God will take care of you physically um, and so my no vaccines, no right, right. Heart, heart medicine, no. If the child got sick, you couldn't bring him to the hospital. Yada yada. No, yeah. Not that extreme. It, it was more of it was more of like a suggestion. Um, but the plenty of people in the church didn't take that literally and had all the medicine they they so desired. Got vaccines, whatever. Um, my parents, for one reason or another took a very extreme approach to this religion and, and took all that literally. And, um, so one day, um, in my junior year of high school, I believe, um, my dad starts having these seizures and he tried to say, Oh, you know, it's not, it's not, it's, I have shin splints. He kept saying he had shin splints and sort of ridiculous excuses. Um, and after a while I just, put my foot down and said, no, you have to go to the doctor. This is not shin splints, you know? And, um, he was diagnosed with a grade four malignant brain tumor. Mm. Uh, they said he had about a month, uh, half a year to live. He lived for about a year. Um, in, in later years, I somehow got a copy of some of the books that he had, the religion's books. And I'd seen notes that he had written about like, this is what prayer you should say if you have a headache or, you know, this kind of pain and that kind of pain. And um, I think he basically just blew it off. He he thought, you know, well, I'm in this religion. I can't have I can't 
have a brain tumor, you know, like nothing really too bad could be happening to me. I'm just going to keep trucking along, praying. Um, did not go to a doctor at all until that time that I told him he had to go. And it was too late by then. Yes. Uh, who was running? So, so this was, I'm going to say, uh, 1990s? Yeah. Right, early 90s. Um, I got out of it around 96, I would say, 97. Who was running this? So obviously the people, uh, Edna and Guy Ballard, could not still be around. Right. How, how did they pass it down, their leadership? Yeah, so basically um, they have an organization, the St. Germain Foundation, which still exists today. The St. Germain Foundation is a tax-exempt religious organization. Um as far as I know, their headquarters is still open in Illinois. And it, it became kind of an executive thing at that point. There wasn't someone appointed as, like, the spiritual leader taking over for them. They did have a child who might have taken that role, except that he had his doubts about the whole enterprise. Um, mm. So he didn't take the role over. So, yeah, it just basically became a foundation with with diffuse leadership, you know, whoever ran the branch that was in your city was kind of the leader of your, your area. But uh, I, I, this is all fascinating because I, the, as I started explaining before the pod, before we recorded, I'm, I'm now interested in these cults and I, mm. I think I'm going to do more of this. Uh, yeah. I, I think I have two questions for you that uh, one will be your opinion, but the other one is just, I don't think you could, I, you've already answered. I, I just don't understand how they could keep going for, uh, they'll be going almost a hundred years because we're mm -hmm. in 2024 mm -hmm. without income. So, well, the, uh, I don't know a great answer to that, except to say that they did make a killing at the very beginning because the 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 two founders, uh, Edna and Guy, were not shy about like bilking people for money. Um, okay. Oh, okay. There All is right. in, there is in fact a Supreme Court case around this. Um, I don't want to look it up because I don't want to type right now. But there's a Supreme Court case around this in which they were accused of defrauding people of money through the mail, the U.S. mails. Ah, and, okay. And it ended up setting a precedent, which I think is applicable to a lot of cults. The, the Supreme Court found them um, not, not guilty, not... Um, really? Could not be held accountable for this because the ruling was they really believed what they were doing would work. And therefore, they were not committing fraud. Um, it was a religious belief um, that was sincerely held or, or, you know, sincerely practiced. And therefore, they could not just charge them as, as liars, right? Um, well, and this is Jeff's – when Jeff was interviewed in the documentary by one of the police officers and he said something like, we think that you're brainwashing people, and his answer was – I provide a service and people willingly pay me for right. that service. Right. 
So I'm not defrauding anybody. They're free right. to pay me or not. Right. And uh, this is how he got around, evaded those questions. And in a way, I'm not giving anybody a pass here. Or I'm not, mm -hmm. but people did pay that money to them. You know, whether it was the $200, I think, for the initial fee, all the way up to the $8,000 top fee. People were paying out of pocket. Yes. And that's how Jeff is, and Shalia have made their, why well, they have a Corvette in their driveway and a Porsche in their driveway and now have yeah. several houses. And uh, Which, by the way, I, I don't know why a cult leader, or let's take cult out for a second, why an organization like that would flaunt <clears throat> how much money they're making by... <sighs> How do I phrase this question? Look how much money I have, and it's all because of you dummies mm -hmm. sending them mm -hmm. to me. You know, basically, he made fun of these people by like, but when the cops asked him, he was like, "No, I'm not." Uh, you know, so I, I just so this organization, uh, I am the I am activity. They, they're still going right. So even yes. though they're losing followers and they're losing property. Mm -hmm. Uh, are there? Uh, I'm thinking of the Scientology. Are there any famous people that might be floating them? Wealthy people? Um, famous people? Absolutely not. I don't think there's ever been one. Uh, wealthy people? Yes, there were when I was in it. You know, some quite wealthy people. Um, I knew. Multiple multimillionaires, but um, not enough to sustain. Not enough to sustain the thing. Um, but yeah, I really don't know how. Uh, so, so another example would be there. Um, they used to have a building in Chicago, you know, in a in a downtown area of Chicago, not that far from the Sears Tower. That it was probably, I don't know, an eight or ten, twelve story building that they owned based on that initial money that they got way back in the 30s they purchased a lot of property back then now i think they occupy one or two floors of that building mm -hmm. so they've just kind of lived off the scraps of their initial wealth um by by renting you know selling things like that but yeah it's going to it's it continues to go downhill pretty quickly like they have a school for kids, uh, grades, I think, elementary to 12. Uh, that exists in Mount Shasta, California, near the where the conclave is held. That school, last time I checked, is down to like six or ten kids, and the teachers are getting paid nothing, you know, just peanuts. I don't know why, how they can afford it. Uh, I, yeah. <clears throat> I, so well, there were actually, uh, there were actually uh, on a related note, a lot of people in poverty in this religion people who as with the health you know be believing that's something that god will just take care of for you they they also thought that in terms of money um so there were a lot of people who were just like scraping by borrowing a lot of money from their families that's what my parents did um or living on welfare my parents we were on food stamps because they 
both quit their jobs at the same time, decided to give everything to this church. Um, oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. So not, not give all their money to the church, but to give. Um, they, they we moved into the church property. They were the custodians, took care of the whole property. Free labor. Yeah, which free is labor. what Jeff is doing. Yeah. In exchange for housing, right? Mm-hmm. So they, yeah, property you already own, you, you're not paying for the house anymore. So just get people to live there and do work for you. Cook and clean and and yep. Uh, what? So I'm I'm sorry to ask this, but I just so we can follow the bouncing ball. So your yep. dad passed away. What happened to your mom? She continued. Well, <laughs> uh, long story short, um, psychologically she had nothing left to handle the situation with. I mean, that happened at around the also the time that I went off to college. I, I did not stay local for college. And um, she was living in that church property's house by herself. She had her friends from the church. She had some friends outside the church. But she she broke down mentally, ended up taking her own life. Oh, wow. And, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, again, I, the, in terms of the church, it's like she didn't get a lot of help from the people who were around there. Well, um, that seems to be a common denominator of some of these cults. We did have a suicide in the Twin Flames, and they they had no culpability. They washed their hands of it. Yeah. Um, and, and over the years, depending on... You know, I don't know if you called Charles Manson a cult. I think he was. Yeah. You know, the you you either commit suicide or you or or you have what was that? Uh, I, this is where I need to do more research. Mm-hmm. But uh, was it Waco or Johannesburg Waco. where they yeah. all drank the Kool Aid? Yeah. They all killed right. themselves. There was that other cult where they thought that there was a spaceship coming. Yep. And Heaven's they all Gate. right Heaven's Gate. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And they all drank something and committed suicide. Yep thinking that they were going to be taken out into so the suicide seems to be a common denominator with a lot of these cults yeah or with waco um you know you end up getting attacked by, by, by the, the federal FBI. government um, yeah yeah and and you know you get a suicide by cop as they say um but yeah there, there are disastrous consequences with a lot of these and um I my my cult honestly was super mild compared to Twin Flames or any of those others we just mentioned, um, but I view Jeff as a shooting in making. I believe there's a there's some pretty strong chance that he's either gonna shoot at someone or be shot at. Um, I can't remember whether during the the Netflix documentary is he shown like with a firearm in there? You know, I I looked I, I because that's on everybody's mind is how is this going to play out one yeah. day? And yeah. um, I don't know if they have a stockpile. Yeah, but it would not surprise me if I mean he lives in you know rural Michigan. That's right. not a good start. Um, yeah, right. No. He's a white male <laughs> of a certain age range, um, and his psychological profile is quite disturbing. Disturbing. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to pin it down, right? But um, yeah. So there's that. Then there's the fact that eventually, um, what I don't think he's really thought 
this out Through. very well in no. terms of the fact that he's he's no. manipulating a lot of vulnerable females and he's not having to be confronted by the males in their lives or or other um very strong male figures on a oh. on a regular basis as far as i can tell or he's being shielded from them yes well one day he's not going to be able to run away from that right um and he's going to be surrounded or you know um caught off guard by someone who will inf- inflict physical harm on him um or possibly a cop who just you know decides to take the law into his own hands um but but in keeping with what i said about my church and what I've said sometimes on the Twin Flames exposed form, like, I don't think there's any recourse against them right now. I mean, whether it's taxes or, or you know, oh, well, you're lying or anything like that. I mean, if you look at our, our U.S. laws around religion and, and politics, for that matter, people can get away with murder. Oh, yeah. And nothing's going to stop them, you know? And... and- Again, I, and I've mentioned this so many times to my audience, so I forgive the, I, just forgive me, but it, it just boggles my mind that in the documentary, and I think it happened in both, but more with, uh, with I think her name was Allison, uh, Alice Hines from Vanity Fair when she went there. That was the Amazon documentary. Yep, yep. The very first 10 minutes, the police show up and they question him, and they seem to be satisfied with the answers and say, mm-hmm. thank you, have a nice day, and they walked out. Mm-hmm. Now, I have heard through the grapevine that they, there is a task force formed, that they're, they are keeping a very close eye on them, okay. and they're just waiting for them to, to make a mistake, uh, right. to, to, to F up, and, right. um, and then they can come swooping in and arrest right. them or something. Right. Um, well, Dude. that's that's great, but look at what they're doing now, and and I'm saying that in our laws, our system of laws, what they're doing now is not effing up enough. Yeah, <laughs> like if they kept doing this, it would be awful, but it wouldn't be illegal. So, well, <laughs> let's talk about that for a second. They're 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 whether you if they're coercing or forcing people to have top surgery, like so they're. They're pairing off same-sex people mm-hmm. and saying you're now so you're female, and, but you need to be the masculine. So yep. off with your breasts. You must grow facial hair, and you're now the masculine energy in that in that re- reunion. Uh, I, I, at at some point, that's people are gonna. I mean, I, I, I the the woman. I think her name was um, Alicia. Mm-hmm. Who who already was a trans woman, um, I think in the Netflix documentary she mm-hmm. left ultimately left because she was LBGTQ, and she was fed up with how so Jeff was taking advantage of that he he's he saw that some of his members were of this uh, the homosexual variety. Mm-hmm. And and he he needed their money and he need so he embraced them, mm-hmm. um, and then and then you have the stalking, where I tell he told you so let's say he says to you that I'm your twin flame whether I'm mm-hmm. male or female, and you believe that to be true so now you need to convince me that I'm your twin flame so how many stalking and and restraining orders have been issued. I, I, 
this is where I find the law enforcement at some point has to see is this is this this is brainwashing mm-hmm. to tell you that I'm your twin flame and then you must go convince me of that and and so you go fly off to New York to try to convince me that I'm your and I don't know who you are you to come knock on my door one day and go I'm your right. twin flame you know I'm gonna call the police on you <laughs> so, right. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there he's got he's got it worked out pretty well. Like the person who does the stalking gets busted, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably, according to our laws, rightfully so, I guess. I mean, uh, I think it's probably not that hard to to worm your way out of that one. Um, it's interesting to look at this one case. Um, can't remember how many years ago it just came up recently in. Um, uh, among some of my um, colleagues, of a girl who was found guilty of uh, encouraging her boyfriend to commit suicide. He would talk about killing himself, and she'd say things like, well, why don't you do it then? Yeah, I or, remember that. Yeah, or, or well, you know, everyone says they're going to kill themselves, and they never do. Um, so she was found guilty, but that was surprising to a lot of people. A lot of people thought, well, that's, you know free speech could be interpreted as, as being sarcastic or whatever. And, and, you know, that was a case that was up in the air, this kind of in doubt as to what the ruling would be. And when that's the situation with our laws, then I mean, suggesting that someone go chase after somebody because it's their true love doesn't seem that bad. (laughs) No, no. And if you put it now that you put it in those terms, I, I, yeah, I feel like the burden the burden of of um, crime proving proving an actual crime here is pretty frustratingly high. And you look at the same thing with domestic abuse. You know, someone says, "Oh, well, this person next to me is being beaten up every night. My neighbor's being beaten up every night." And cops go over there. They ask, "Ask, are you being beaten up?" No. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, unfortunately, that happens too, too often because the abu- right. there's a whole psychology behind that. The abuser is in love with their abuser, or it's something that they're they. Yeah, that's a you know what that's a topic for another whole episode. But yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Uh, so, what about <clears throat> the rape allegations, where they where he's telling his followers that if you're in a heterosexual union that you must give your man sex mm-hmm. and so I, I, if I'm not mistaken it is a law on the books now I don't know if it's state by state or federal that even in a marriage a woman has to give consent to sex I, mm-hmm. I, I know back a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago the woman was supposed to succumb to the male's desires but you know, we're, we're living in the 21st mm-hmm. century here. So there, I don't know. I feel like there he's a step ahead, too, because, okay, husband gets arrested for rape, but what happens to Jeff? Nothing. Right. 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 Yeah, I think he's figured this out at least, <laughs> at least in terms of, like, what loopholes do I have here? Um this is something that I had a discussion with somebody the other day, and, and somebody said, Jeff is dumb. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't think he's dumb. I think he's actually a genius, but a very psychologically disturbed genius. Because 
you, everything you're just saying here about he's one step ahead, he has either pre-planned this or pre-thought it out or can, or can think on his feet. So like when the cops showed up and they started accusing him of stuff, he, he answered these questions so fluently, lucidly, whatever, that they just took him at his word and walked out. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not blaming the cops and I'm not saying they didn't do their due diligence. And I don't, again, I, I heard there's a task force and they're watching them. But uh, I, I think Jeff is a genius. Mm -hmm. But as we know throughout history, some geniuses can be like Charles Manson, I think, was a genius. But psychologically, he was very, very, very disturbed. Mm -hmm. uh, you, yeah, you know what? Um, oh, oh, a really interesting case in point here is that um, if you look at the... Um, Jonestown Massacre, um, which was the People's Temple, that started in, in San Francisco, California, and they had a big movement there. This is during the 70s. They had a big movement. They were kind of well-known. Um, to some extent, they had the, the cops and like the city politicians in their pocket, in a way, and, and got away with stuff. And even um, someone like Harvey Milk, the district supervisor for the Castro district, someone who we consider a liberal hero and, and a LGBTQ plus hero, he gave them a bit of a free pass and, and because he wanted their, their votes, essentially. Sure. Um, uh, or, or the political influence. And everyone kind of overlooked how terrible that whole thing was. Um, then Jim Jones picked it up and moved it to Jonestown in Africa, and that's when that's when it really got awful. But um, a whole series of horrible things that aren't quite horrible enough to get the law involved happen with these these cults. Um, and yeah, the the guys who run them are typically pretty slick. You know, yeah. they if 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 a if a cop knocks on the door, they know what to say, right? And they know they know how to look. Um, they know, hey, I'm a white male. He's not guy's not going to screw with me. Um, so I, I wonder if he has a legal representation that's guiding him and on, on what to say. Hmm. He, he must have somebody. He's got to have lawyers on on staff or somebody that's walking him through some of 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 this what's it going to take is, is it going to take congress and 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 the house of representatives to come up with some new law that yeah i mean if you ask me um vigilante justice <laughs> ah. <laughs> um not necessarily not necessarily you know violence but um when people on the forum were talking about you know this event that twin flames wants to have in michigan right um if people were to show up there in large numbers, um, you know, confronting the whole thing, that would be quite a shock to the system because there wouldn't be a way to write it off um, or worm, worm out of it. You'd be confronted with a bunch of people who know exactly what you're doing wrong and who aren't going to take no for an answer. And your followers would then 
see that happening and be like, ooh. Um, but, you know, in the documentary, there's that one mom who who finally has enough and decides she's going to show up at one of the gatherings. Mm-hmm. But then she kind of doesn't really confront them. Um, I can't remember what happened in the end of that with her. But but that's because that's one was one woman who went there and did that. Right. Um, if you had a big group of tough looking guys show up, it'd be a different story. Um, I wonder if he has bodyguards. Probably either that or he or he has arms and he thinks he can handle it himself. But so that option, I don't I don't favor. Um, when people were talking about it on the forum, I was like, eh, I wouldn't show up to that because I don't know what he's going to do. Right. Um, but. Um, this cult to me, um, I don't know. I feel like extracting people one by one is not a bad, not a bad approach because if you go, um, before they banned everyone from going on their website and, you know, talking to people, um, I think they're monitoring that pretty closely now. Um, people were getting in conversations on there that showed that a lot of them were reasonable and would listen to sound advice um, and decide, you know, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to screw this up and, and, you know, try to stalk this person or I'm not going to mess with my marriage because it's not that bad just to pursue some twin flame. I saw a lot of conversations like that going on there before it got, moderated um so online online discussions like that uh i think could help um well and that's why i'm doing this podcast i I, and i've said this a hundred times i think that the two discussion groups that we're involved in on facebook are doing a fantastic service and and that's why I jumped in and it was brought to my attention and I wanted to contribute and then bring it off the pages of Facebook into the podcast world. Yeah. Uh, but, but I'm just one independent podcaster who is fairly new to podcasting. I've been, I'm in my second year, but if I can get, I have networks. I belong to podcasting networks. And, and as a matter of fact, I was just talking to a very good uh, a gentleman who I belong to a, a podcast community, and, and I told him what I was doing. If I could network and get other podcasters to pick up on this. But the point is, is to keep this conversation going. Yeah. Whether it's on social media, whether it's on podcasting, on YouTube, uh, I think while Amazon and Netflix did their due diligence, I think 60 Minutes should do something. I think mm-hmm. CNN should do something. The more, you know, like I, I have the, the Vanity Fair article by Alice Hines, um, and, and that got a lot of press. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, did you see, did you see uh, Jeff's answer to this article? He, he... I saw a video, a video of him responding yeah. to it. Yeah, it was quite disturbing. Yeah, um, because I think Alice Hines is a very well recognized journalist and author, and yeah. you don't get to work for Vanity Fair if you don't have some yeah credibility. Um, I think too the, the, this one interests me. Jeff interests me because 
I don't know. This just this is kind of a, like a gut feeling, but he's not as nuts as <laughs> some of these other cult leaders. Um, you know, like I don't think a Kool Aid, <laughs> a mass suicide by by drinking cyanide lace Kool Aid thing would take place in Twin Flames universe. Um, I agree. I, I agree. also I also don't think it would end the way Charles Manson's cult ended, or or Heaven's Gate or Waco or something like that. Um, I wonder if at some point, like, something will kick in and he'll just be like, you know, I've got made enough money off of this. Like, I could tone it down a little bit and still make a lot of money because he could, he could, he could tone this. I mean, he could tone this down to the point where it didn't seem much different than like what you would hear from kind of a kooky therapist. I mean, there's... In my world, it would be against the law to be a uh, to to charge money for a psychic reading or like a tarot card thing, right? But those things are legit, and um, they're not nearly as harmful as as this level of a cult. But I'm saying, like, maybe he will he will like fold at some point, um, or come down to come down a couple notches. You know, yeah. Jeff reminds me of and. I'm not I'm not praising this person, but Mm. it reminds me of Trump. Mm. Trump, when he ran for president, had some great ideas and he he was a businessman who wanted to get the country back on track and bring jobs back and stop the immigration and and all these other wonderful ideas. But he opened his mouth too much. Yeah. And and he and he put his foot in his mouth and he said stupid things and that's what got him in trouble. And I right. think Jeff is doing the same thing. If Jeff wanted to offer a course on how I could better myself and therefore attract a, a, a mate, I there are many dating coaches. I've interviewed yeah. 50 dating coaches on this podcast who offer a service for a fee that they will guide you through the dating process yep. and help you find your mate. They will help you on the dating profiles. There are some matchmakers out there. Jeff, All Jeff has to do is tone it down Yeah. and, and stop with this top surgery and stop with this. Yeah. Uh, you're, you have to give sex to your husband and... Is that what you're thinking? That maybe if well, you toned, toned it down a little bit? Um, I don't know. I mean, yes, but but I, I thought about that a long time ago, and I thought, well, no, that's too obvious. Like, <laughs> um, obvi- the, the, as I see, he's not as crazy as, as um, you know, any of the spectacular failure cult leaders were. Yeah. But, but he is nuts. And, yeah. Um, I think if he could if he could have scaled it back he would have. Like when he decided to take it up to to the level of okay, I'm just going to pick who these people's twin flames are and they're all going to be women um and I'm going to encourage them to be lesbians. He was basically admitting that what he was doing wasn't working because correct. People couldn't people couldn't find their twin flame to their satisfaction. And he needed to take control of the whole thing and just to sign them up. 
And then at least they would have that twin flame there without the whole searching forever for it. But at some um, point, you're going to realize that the person that he assigned to, to me is not my twin flame. Especially if I have to grow a beard and take hormones and remove my yeah, breasts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think there I would think that um, his business model allows for that, let's say, because his business model is going to thrive on new customers. <laughs> Losing old customers but gaining new customers. Um, and because the rates he charges are so high, I think he could absorb the losses. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. So and, a- and since the documentary came out, I, I do believe the sales went down, but now he's bouncing back. Yeah. Uh, because, it, you know, you know the expression, any publicity is good publicity? Yeah, for sure. So... so what, even though Netflix and Amazon tried to expose him, it did do it dented him a little bit. But then mm-hmm. it made other people aware mm-hmm. who are vulnerable, who are lonely, who are heartbroken, which is where I was a year and a half ago. Although mm-hmm. I'm I'm smart enough not to do anything crazy like right. this. I I, I want to ask you. We have a few minutes left. I wanted to ask you. Where you are today. So you grew up in this cult, and at around 20 in college, you left and went on with your life. Yeah. Did you ever find your love, and are you married, and do you did, did being part of that cult affect you as an adult? Mm-hmm. Does it still affect you? It did for for a long time. My first relationships, which didn't start to graduate school, my first romantic relationships were really pitiful and awkward and, you know, reflected my complete lack of experience because I did go along with the church emphasis on um, no sex except for procreation and, you know, don't really get involved in casual relationships. Um, By now, I've worked my way through that. I'm married for, been married for 12 years. Oh, I have good a great, for you. Thank you. I have a great kid. And, you know, I'm in the boat of people who've been married for 12 years. You know, it becomes... <laughs> the norm. Yeah, yeah. It becomes, you know, okay, this is what a relationship is. Um, you know, whether even if the person is somehow miraculously the perfect one for you, it's always a so, lot of negotiation and work and pain and pleasure yep. mixed together, right? So, yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I found that out the hard way. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's where I am. I feel like I've really overcome the the cult background and just kind of think of it as humorous now, and I like to troll them once in a while. Um, but now with this this exposure of Twin Flames, which came out, I think the documentary came out last year, was it? Sometimes. Yes. So did it trigger you, or you just kind of raised an eyebrow and said oh let me see what this is all about because you seem you seem uh you're hyped up about this yeah yeah um it did it did trigger me at first um you know i think one of the the worst things about these cults is how obviously false they are to anyone who has like a foot of distance from the thing um and uh, like the cult that i grew up in um wasn't as easy to pick apart but with with jeff and tfu it's like what a nut job you know you know within five seconds that the guy's nuts and yet he manages to pull this stuff off um so that did get me 
concerned and and made me want to talk to find a way to talk to people who are part of it to see if I could persuade them because obviously the people in that documentary who left they they get it now you know they figured something out and now yeah. they're part of the solution so yeah I was pretty hyped up about it for a while um, now you've got me hyped up about this NX IVM one that you mentioned earlier um, I gotta look into that yeah it's on HBL Max um, I will give you the woman's name that told me about it when we get yeah, no, off. I just looked up the uh, the, arg- the article on Esquire. Okay, so you all right? So, I would love to see that because I may or may not continue with this line of podcast series of mm-hmm. like investigating. Uh, I, you know, my my podcast was started with this relationship that ended and how bad I was hurt and yada yada mm-hmm. yada. But I can't go on forever talking about my past relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm diving into what's healthy relationship is, how to self-love yeah. and all that. But now, with this Twin Flames concept, there are people coming forward talking about the Greek mythology, about where Twin Flames originated from the mm-hmm. Greeks. Um, there's some debate about that, but mm-hmm. th- they're saying that a true twin flame is just doesn't exist mm. that there's not somebody. So what's the concept of a twin flame? You are one half of a soul of, the, of another person. So somewhere on this planet is your other soul, mm-hmm. your other half of your soul. If you really logically think about it, it's nonsense. Um, right. You know, so these were the Greeks who had very crazy, not crazy, but no, crazy is not the right word. The Greeks had some interesting philosophy, but I think Twin Flames was just something too woo-woo for for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be researched in in terms of cults, in terms of them, their focus on human sexuality and human love. That's definitely one of the centers of human experience that they try to take advantage of and manipulate. Let me me ask you one final question, and Mm -hmm. then I'll, I'll let you... Uh, end with so many final thoughts. What is your definition of a cult? Um, unfortunately, I would have to say a religion that's not old enough to be respectable. <laughs> um, because, I mean, as a, I'm, I'm an atheist, and I think that ultimately, um, oh, really? any religion, yeah, any wow. any religion I look at. I, and, and I have I've read the Bible straight through word for word more than once, um, and to me they all have an element of of um, superstition to them. Um, however, I, I believe some are more respectable than others. I have a lot of respect for for Christianity because I believe that um, the submissiveness and and the um, the love for others and the loving your enemy and loving your neighbor as yourself, I believe that those are great values. And I think they're extremely hard to practice, which is probably why most people who say they're Christian don't really follow the New Testament very closely. But um, anyway, I I think that um, cults are religions that, that didn't develop with enough thought and didn't build enough of a following um, 
and that have some element of them that's just a little bit too extreme to sustain over time. I um, think that, and I was born a Roman Catholic, baptized, uh, First Communion, uh, Catholic grammar school, Catholic high school, Catholic college, two Catholic colleges. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents were devout Catholics. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked this earth for 20 years as an atheist, too, more of an agnostic. Mm-hmm. I also worked for the Catholic mm-hmm. Church for about, I don't know, five or ten years back in the 90s, where I would raise money for them. So you're the you're the diocese of Camden in New Jersey, for example. Mm-hmm. And you need to raise $40 million for a new rectory and a new church and a new roof or whatever. And they would bring my company. I, I, I didn't own the company. I was working. They would bring this company in to do capital fundraising. And we would gather the parishioners together and say, hey, we need your money. We, we need donations to reach our goal of $40 million. And, and this company did, went around the nation working with all, but it, it was shocking to me what I saw behind, because I would stay in the rectories. So they would ship me down to Camden. They would ship mm-hmm. me, uh, I, I went to a couple of dioceses. I, I, I don't really want to name all of them. And I stayed sometime because it was cheaper to stay with the rectory. The amount of, alcoholism and drug mm-hmm. use in the pre in the catholic church and the, let's not forget the the the, pedof, the pedophilia right so while the christianity was founded with jesus and the bible and i think maybe all of that was a good thing mm-hmm. i think it has been twisted and mm-hmm. con- and and contorted throughout two thousand years and today i think the catholic church out of Rome, the Vatican is mm-hmm. the, probably the biggest cult in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at a cult is maybe um, a good idea run by the wrong people. <laughs> yes, okay, um, <laughs> okay. I, no, I, I, I have a higher power who I choose to call God because mm-hmm. I'm in recovery from alcoholism and mm-hmm. I belong to a, a support group. It's called AA, and there mm-hmm. are many people who think AA is a cult, mm-hmm. you know? But I, being a member of AA, I, it is not a cult. They mm-hmm. don't force us to do anything. Uh, donations are optional. They mm-hmm. hand you 12 steps, and they say, if you follow these, we think your life will be better. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a cult. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and I have nine years sobriety coming up. And I, I am in a much better place than I was my entire life. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and there's no religion involved. People think AA is a religious organization. It's spiritual. Yes, the word God is used mm-hmm. in some of the 12 steps, but it's a God of your understanding. And I had, like you, I, I had a problem coming in because I didn't want to believe in God. And like you, I was brought up in a very strict Catholic uh household where mm-hmm. I was made, I was a choir boy uh, 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 an altar boy and my mom dragged me to mass at 6 a.m. every morning and it was drilled into me somewhat like you when I got almost in college when I all of a sudden was able to spread my wings I was like I, I looked back at my my upbringing and I said this was all nonsense mm-hmm. <laughs> so and I and I decided to go off 
into the world and live my life, and I drifted very far from the Catholic Church, and that hurt my mom because she, until she, the day she passed, she was very. I even said to my mom, one day we had a conversation, and she was like, "Why don't you believe in God?" And 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 I said to her, "This is going to sound silly, but I said, Mom, when you pass, and you go to the other side that you think there is." Contact me and let me know that there's that there's another side. Um, I've yet to hear from her. So, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, mom, I, I if you're listening, I'm waiting to hear from you. So, um, I don't know if that's how it works, but anyway, Franklin, I I am just uh um first of all, thank you so much for coming forward. Um, you taught me a lot today. I didn't know about half of what you talked about and um and i i think your your in your perspective on the twin flames controversy is is a very unique one um coming from that type of childhood or that type of um uh, being part of that brainwashing well you would you say that i am activity Brainwash people? Um, I'd have to say no. I mean, everything was everything was so voluntary. Yeah. Okay. Um, and there were, it attracted a mix of people. Some who were very devout. Some who were very casual. I feel like in a, a real brainwashing cult, most people are quite extreme. And um, so yeah, I think I got lucky in terms of a spectrum of cult severity what, what one last question because I, I told you at the beginning of the interview this could go 30 minutes or it could yeah. go an hour because sure. we what do you think of the Amish well we got a lot of them around here I mean I live not that too far from Pennsylvania and we got a lot of a lot of the Amish uh, farm markets and such um, I didn't like their hands-off response to COVID <laughs> But uh, other than that, I've got no, no complaints. Um, you don't really, it's like, you don't get to know them. I mean, um, unless you're willing to talk to somebody in, in one of those markets, like they're not pushing their ideas on you and um, they're not hurting anybody. So... Yeah, they pretty much stay to themselves. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's probably in the end some kind of a cult, but... Um, it's not hurting anybody. Yeah, it's not hurting yeah. anybody. I guess they, they, they do have some extreme situations in terms of, like, if you decide to leave, you can't come back. I think that's the thing with them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they seem pretty And they normal. do allow you to leave for a year, right? As you, ah, right. And if you come back, you come back. And if not, then you're essentially excommunicated, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. But, <laughs> I mean, other than that, it's okay. Okay. I, I, I just I, I have a sister who lives in Pennsylvania and, I, and when I go to visit her we see we still still see the horse and buggy yeah you know and and it, it's it's like a flashback to the 1700s they right. just, they go into town on horse and buggy and they get their grain and their feed and some of them are exquisite lumber mm -hmm. or carpent carpentries I happen to be in the building industry and we have actually gone to the Amish to make some of the the craft the craftsmen the they're, they're great craftsmen. Mm -hmm. So all they do all day long is work 
work with their yeah. hands, you know? Yeah. So some of them are, are, are very good at what they do. Um, Franklin, I, we got to wrap it up. No problem. I, I, yeah. I, I, but I could do another hour with you. I think you're fascinating and I think you're full of uh, information. And I, I just, I want to thank you for your vulnerability and coming forward and sharing your story with us. Sure. Yeah, let's stay in touch. I'll send you, I'll send you um, references to a couple of books I think you'd really like. Sure. Okay. And uh, if, if I decide to go into the investigation of, of more cults, maybe I'll have you back. We'll talk about mm-hmm. them. Sure. Okay. You seem, to, you seem to be like what we would call um, uh, an expert on cults. So. Well, yeah, I have done a lot of reading about it for sure. Um, so, so, yeah, the books, that I'll, the books that I'll refer you to will be very useful in that area. Uh, Franklin, thank you so much. We'll yeah. talk soon. Okay, thank you. I'd like to thank Franklin very much for stepping up and sharing his experience. Something like that is not easy to do. Coming on a podcast, radio show, television show, um, whatever medium, and being very vulnerable and, and sharing a personal story with the world is uh, not something easy. Which brings me to my next point, is I am slowly running out of people willing to talk about this. As I mentioned earlier, Twin Flames Universe, the account on TikTok, started following me. Uh, Whether they're still following me or not, I don't know because I can no longer find them among my followers. But while they were following me, my social media producer and I tried to reach out to them and ask them if they would like to comment on my investigation or at least come on the show and listen, folks. We're going to do a series on TFU. What better would what better would it be to have them actually come on and talk about and and to be fair in the in the world of investigation journalism and although I am not officially a journalist, you always want to have both sides of the story. Of course, We kind of already had that with the Netflix documentary and their rebuttal. So what could they possibly say on my show that would be any different? But the invite is open and out there to Jeff and Shalia and or the coach that's following me or was following me. They apparently have people watching the Internet everywhere. Um, I can only imagine what job that is like. And, of course, I wonder if they're even getting paid for it. But that's conjecture, of course, and that's on a side note. So, but the point is, is that this is episode number six. I had several other people lined up. And like I had mentioned last week, I think, some of them got cold feet and just bailed at the last moment. And I don't blame them. I, I, I was very grateful that they stepped up and said that they would come on and talk about 
several of them were actual members of TFU, and one of them or two of them were parents, and then they decided not to step forward. And that's okay. I, I'm, I have no, no problem with that. Um, it's not something easy. Um, the Amazon documentary was filmed in 2020, Netflix, and it's, you know, to them it's several years old, and uh, I guess to, to come back and, and, and I'll say it, you know, I'm a small podcaster. I'm, I'm no, I'm no Joe Rogan. You know what, what, what purpose would it do for them? I, I'm, I'm not gonna, folks. I'm not gonna bring them down. Do I have something in the works that I keep teasing you about? Yes, but it's just another uh, tactic of mine to try to get more information. I did also. So when you're a podcaster, and unless you're amongst the circle of some of the, uh, if you're, let me just say it, basically, if you're in Hollywood or if you're in the upper enchilance of, of the podcast world where you can get top-tier guests, uh, like Demona Hoffman, for example, I would love to get her on my show, but that'll never happen. Um, I reached out to several very big podcast guests that do the circuit, and uh, they're not going to come on my show, and I get that. But I belong to several communities that are podcast communities that put together hosts and podcast guests, and I have re um, rephrased my profile to attract more people who are knowledgeable in the world of cults and possibly even the Twin Flames cult. So we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Um, and to anybody listening from the Facebook groups, I am urging you that if you would like this conversation to be continued, I need you to step forward and come on my show. Otherwise, I'm, I'm, I'm going to run out of material and you don't want to hear me blab about it for the next two weeks. So I, I don't know how much longer I can keep this up without good content. I need the content. So anyway, if you're enjoying any part of this podcast, whether it's prior to my Twin Flames investigation or the investigation itself... I urge you to take a few minutes and go down to, if you're on Apple, leave me a review. If you're on Spotify, you can review each episode. Maybe tell a friend, pass this uh, podcast along to somebody who might be struggling in a relationship. Anything you could do to help me um, get this podcast out there. I, I need more listeners and, and um, I need help, folks. Basically, that's what it comes down to. And... As always, if you're going to commit to somebody in a relationship, marriage, engagement, long-term relationship, you're going to move in with somebody, all I ask you to do is just take a few minutes, a day or two days, and think about any red flags that you might have missed. Because you know my story. 
I missed the red flags that were the size of lifeguard flags. No, I didn't miss them. I ignored them. And look where I am now. I have a podcast. No, I'm kidding. It's seriously. It, it's please think long and hard before you jump into any serious relationship because what you ignore in the beginning is what will bring it down in the end. And I'm going to shut up. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Ciao.